Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by Just Johnny. Just Johnny, how's it going? It's going good. Oh, it's going good. I got Bowser right here. He looks furious. Look how furious Bowser is. He's got so much fury. I'm going to be honest. He doesn't look scary. (laughs) If this is your first time listening, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we're kind of talking about this Nintendo Partner Showcase that's happening tomorrow, uh, but we got some predictions going on, so um, we'll probably be right because we're pretty good at all this. And then we have PAX Online. Wait, what is PAX Online? Oh, really? You guys haven't seen it or heard anything about it? Well, there's 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 some stuff going on there. Anyway, um... Don't forget to visit our Discord channel, discord.switchrpg.com. Visit our website, switchrpg.com. Visit our Twitter, twitter.com slash switchrpg, youtube.com slash switchrpg, all that stuff. Don't forget to visit us there. Johnny, what are you playing? I am playing games, so I finally finished Moonlighter. Uh Uh-huh. It's done. I finished it. How long is that? How long of a game is that? Uh, 20 hours. Okay. I think I think that's where the the final estimate came in. It kind of um, the beginning is a little a little slow. It, it's got a pretty good like uh, pacing to it, but the beginning is definitely the slower part. And then yeah. once you start to generate that that income, it definitely gets a whole lot easier. Then by the time you're you're at the end, uh, uh, by the time you get to the fourth dungeon, which is the tech one uh okay. like the victorian tech uh dungeon by that time at at that point it's you're making so much money that's kind of easy to just get the updated gear with the enha- with the enhancements that you need and then you can kind of just and that final that boss for that dungeon is really easy and then after that you're kind of like fully decked out and then you just go into the fifth the fifth door opens you go through there and you just it's just one boss battle yeah Kick that thing. Uh, if you're using the bow, it's easy mode, <laughs> and <laughs> that's the game. Now, wasn't there some DLC for it? Yeah, but I didn't get that DLC. It's not okay. the deal. So when you beat the game, uh, this is story spoiler stuff. But I'm gonna say this first before I get into spoiler stuff. The story's oh. not good. Okay. It's like super basic stuff. It's almost. It doesn't take itself seriously whatsoever. It's very basic, lighthearted story stuff, and it's also nonsensical. And it gets into like interdimensional, galactic, crazy stuff. So when you beat when you beat the the enemy, the final enemy, which is like this galactic space pirate, you kill that, and then these like galactic police show up <laughs> and are kind of like, whoa, okay, you know, nothing to see here. They clean everything up, and then finally they they say, "All right, we're not gonna arrest you for stealing all this stuff, all this loot from these interdimensional rifts, but uh, we would like for you to kind of work with us because clearly you are talented." Uh, 
So the ending basically says, by the way, there's more content, but you got to buy it. And that's the ending. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the DLC, a brand new interdimensional dungeon with a chance for it to appear as a corrupted dungeon in the original dungeons. I don't know what that means. Uh, Ten all new original enemies and five mini bosses, full set of weapons, a new set of armor, trick weapons, new rings for boosting Will's passive abilities, new shop upgrade. Um, it, it looks like it includes kind of a lot of stuff. And there's also yeah. some free, free yeah, it, content. It's So the game is big on uh, itemization stuff. And um, if, it, if it was a new dungeon, it sounds like it's just enhancing existing dungeons. Dungeons, okay. dungeons are like major tile sets. And there's typically something somewhat unique about the dungeon like the uh the tech one uh the water is electrified and uh the forest one some parts of the forest are poison okay i, I forgot uh the desert one fire and stuff like that um so there, there's that stuff but if it's mostly just more items and stuff like that it doesn't really matter harder enemies that scale and then you have to craft the gear that makes you scale with that difficulty and then it's easy mode yet again so hmm. uh, i don't think it's worth it i don't think the game is worth the price for a sale like how, how i picked it up it was a good enough romp for <laughs> for the sales price uh you know overall it was a good experience i do not want to live it again it's not good enough to play through again it's definitely not good enough for me to buy a standalone uh deal uh, premium DLC. It's just uh, it's it's an experience I don't want to live again. If they make a sequel, they're gonna have to add some. They're gonna have to like really up their ante, not content wise. They have to like add some new gameplay stuff. They gotta make it more interesting if they do make a sequel to Moonlighter. Okay. I mean, it sounds so. It sounds like it's a definitely a wait for sale title. It's a wait for sale title. De yeah. Definitely. Yep. Very right, cool. Yeah. I also uh, set, I finished that, and then I've been playing a little bit of a couple of different games. Uh, Dota 2, just to realize how much I don't like Dota 2. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Kong uh, Country Returns Tropical Freeze. Uh, I'm in World 5, Island 5, World 5, whatever it's called. Um, uh, one of the levels in that world. Okay. Uh, just the level design in that game is incredible. Is it, game is it hard. It I was just going to say, is it hard as you remember? Oh, yeah, it's hard. It's flawed. It's definitely flawed in some of the uh, some of the elements of the game regarding co-op. They did not do a good job with co-op because there are minecraft parts to it, but typically only one player is going to control the minecart. Otherwise, it'd be pure mayhem, and you're not going to pass that. <laughs> just people fighting over control. Yeah, and... And every time you spawn, because you're going to die over and over again, it's two balloons are gone instead of just one because co-op. So yeah. you're kind of like losing double the lives for no good reason. And it doesn't give you like extra balloons? No? Nothing? No. Yeah. That's, they don't. That's, so it's... They, they didn't do co-op uh, execute it very well in that game. But otherwise, I mean, the game's phenomenal. It's old school Donkey Kong uh, country gameplay but with like fantastical level design really good stuff um let's see more darkest dungeon uh i think i'm at the very last time i think i need to beat the 
the darkest dungeon the last time. I, I think I'm on the final run. And I gave it a go last night. And I failed epically. <laughs> uh, man, I... I don't want to play the game anymore, but I'm so close to beating it. So <laughs> I don't want it, but you're just as glutton for punishment. Yeah, I just wanted it, I just wanted it to be done and over with. And I hope they fix that for Darkest Dungeon 2. I really hope they don't do that same grindy end game stuff. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. Not fun. Mm-hmm. But yet, there you are. Trying to beat it. I'm because I, I want to actually beat it. Cause everything else about the game is absolutely fantastic. So right. I, just, I just want that out of the way. Mm-hmm. I fired up. Um, so uh, a couple of new games came to the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo thing, right? The Mario All Stars thing. I didn't fire that up. Instead, uh, I fired up a good old friend F Zero. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just which one? Uh, just the original F Zero. Okay. And um, man, I miss I miss that franchise so much. Yeah. So so much. I'm too good at that game. Too good. <laughs> I, like, first, I first placed everything. It was, <laughs> it was just. Oh, way to toot your own horn there. Well, it was also on the beginner difficulty, so I'm not going to oh. toot that. Oh, part. okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, and then the last game I played, this is probably, so this is an indie game. I think it was part of, um, PAX, uh, online showcase stuff. I acquired a key for this on PC. It's probably eventually going to come, come to switch. The game is called as far as the eye. Oh yeah. It's not good. No, it's It's a mobile. Well, I think it's originally a mobile game. Uh, well, it's it's wonky. It's not really finished, even though it's finished. It's it's just very mediocre, and it's supposed to be like a civ civilization kind of building game. But you're kind of like building as much as you need in order to get enough resources to make it to the next location. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. The UI is clunky. The it's not intuitive. Like the theme of the game gets in the way of of just trying to figure out what to do next. There's there isn't very good to, tool tips in there. The naming and labeling of things is just weird. It's just it's not a good game. Mm. So if you if that comes to the Switch, don't get it. Don't do it. It it probably won't be that expensive, I wouldn't think. I I don't know what it goes for on Steam. But a lot of these mobile games aren't really more than say $10. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It is it might be mobile, but uh, in general, that that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? Shoot, I was supposed to just get on top of that. Anyway, I'm um, playing, still playing Arafel. Um, although I haven't recorded much for the channel, uh, I still am playing it. Um, I also picked up Adam RPG, which is basically um, it, your your Wasteland Two kind of. Not clone, but very much inspired by Wasteland 2 and possibly Fallout 2. So it's a kind of a, it's a CRPG, but it, it is not real time with pause. It's, it is turn-based. Um, and again, I've, I've, I say this all the time. Uh, CRPGs need to have, in, you, you said the word intuitive. It has to be, in, it has to have intuitive controls. And I think Adam RPG 
is not quite there with their controls. I find that um, just looking for things, they just don't, it's just that, like, it just doesn't feel right when playing. And I go always go back to when Divinity Original Sin 2, that game just feels right from the very beginning. I have zero problems. I know where all my buttons are. Uh, not that, it, not because I played it a billion times. It's just, even initially, it just felt right. And with Adam RPG, Wasteland 2, Tower of Time, all these other CRPGs that I've played, it, 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 I feel like they're they're missing on that key component. Uh, is, is that, that, is that translation? Have, uh, yep. Well, I was going to say, it's that translation from console, I mean, from the PC universe to the console, that obviously the main difference is your keyboard and mouse to controller. It, it's got to, that, that, that transfer needs to be almost seamless. It needs to feel very natural. And I find that a lot of these just don't feel natural. Is it using the, uh, the drive mode? Do you drive the characters or is it yeah. point and click? No, no, you're, it's not point and click like um, what's the uh, like Neverwinter Nights and Baldur's Gate. It's nothing like that. Um, it's more the driver. Like you got one guy, you ca- you're you're, and he's kind of following you. Um, there, that sort of there thing. There is a uh, grid <clears throat> system for the combat, so it's turn based, right? Yep, it it is turn based. It's based. Uh, the combat is based off of action points. So right now, I have for each character, uh, which in which you only control one. Uh, the other one is AI controlled. Uh, so you have eight action points, and you can, right now, you I can only do certain amount of things. Uh, for example, there are a few different kinds of attacks depending on which weapon you have equipped. Uh, right now, I have a shovel and a knife. So really, depending on which item I have in my hand, will depend on what I can do um, based on the action points. So movement is you know one square is an is an is an AP or an action point. And then attacks can be from four to five action points. Uh, so it just really depends. Only commanding your character. Only commanding your character. Yeah, so I only have a party of two. It's myself and um, a, another AI party member. And I only control myself. Now, I can, I can give items to the character. So I have to equip this AI character. I just can't control him. I don't believe I haven't like they're they're like I've been playing for a while and I just figured out how to even give the AI party member a weapon like that even just something as simple as giving a party member a weapon seems so stupid I had to like you have to drop the weapon switch to the other character in a menu and then pick up uh the weapon like something like that should be again going back to Divinity Original Sin 2 there's a a button for I forget what it is, say options or whatever, and it's like send to party member, whatever party member. It says like so, stuff like that, where it's just more streamlined. Like there's just simple stuff that they can do just to make the game like better, like smoother to play, you know? That's just, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just my problem is I, just, I compare everything to a Divinity Original Sin and like everything else is just not that good. But maybe that's probably just a me issue. No, I mean, look, controls is the most important thing <clears throat> of a game. Right. It's got to control excellent. You got to be impeccable with control. 
And it doesn't doesn't matter how complex the controls are, it's got to feel, in, as long as it feels intuitive to the player and responsive to the player, you're, you know, you're going to eliminate that. Because that's, you know, once things, the moment the player gets the indication that, that something doesn't control right when playing the game, that is immediate frustration. Immediate. It, yeah, and I, and I, I, I realized that almost immediately um, yeah. where I was having problems just figuring out the controls. All right, what, how do I view the map? Oh, it's, used, it's the D-pad. Um, how do I, like, just like, like, like I'm pressing all the buttons. I'm like, oh yeah, I got a D-pad here I could use. And like, I feel, I, I, I feel like that could have been mapped to something else. Like, I don't know. It's just weird stuff. I, I feel like sometimes it's just a me issue, but I don't know. I find that a lot of, a lot of these games, like, it's like a, they just ignore the fact that it needs to control well. Never mind, like, the writing is okay so far. Um, the graphics, you know, they're, they're not the best, but they're, they're passable, they're fine. Um, the, um, the writing, um, and the story, ah, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's nothing to write home about, you know? It's alright. Uh, it looks too much like a, uh, wannabe Fallout. Like, like an imi imitation. Yeah. But it looks like a good execution of it, like a good modern day execution of yeah. Fallout 2. But they kind of went too hard into imitating Fallout 2, which is a game that's 20, over 20 years old. Yeah, and and it kind of it kind of feels that way too. It feels like an old game, even though it's not. Uh, just the same as Pillars of Eternity feels like an old game, even though it's not. It's just because they're they're almost emulating or replicating these older, older games where I feel like yeah. that's like that's like a bygone era, you know? Well, it doesn't have to be a bygone era, right? Because Divinity mm -hmm. showed that, hey, here's how you take the old school way of the older classic uh, CRPGs, but here's how you bring it to the modern day standard. Right, right. So it's just it's just... It's just the fault of the developers not kind of modernizing an old school style of game. It's not it's not to say that the old school style of games shouldn't occur anymore. They absolutely can, but you gotta rethink certain things. Certain things just won't work in modern day or can be improved, right? Right. We've had twenty years since these games over twenty years since these type types of games have come out. Mm -hmm. Surely there's some things that have improved since then. Bake it in. Bake it in. You don't have to throw out everything in the kitchen sink. Right. Just throw out the kitchen sink. Keep everything else. Yeah, I, I think there's... Um, like, I haven't encountered any bugs or anything like that, so I feel like the game is just is solid. It's just they, it's a little bit of a miss on the control department. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It's got huge bugs. Well, there are big bugs in there. Um, in fact... Um, <laughs> And that's another thing, like, I was, I'm, I'm in the very beginning of the game, I have no equipment, all I have is a shovel, and I'm I'm getting into enemies that have, like, guns and everything like that, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, like, I can't defend myself against these guys, so, instant party wipe, gotta start over, so the RNG is kind of ruthless, and I understand that, you're kind of in the wasteland, it's a potential for that, but, holy cow, I've had to restart a few times because of that. Not fun. Not fun. It makes me wonder about uh, Wasteland 3, because that was announced for Switch. Was it? 
I don't think it was. Uh, Wasteland 2 is on Switch. This yep. one, Wasteland 3, was also announced for it. I, I don't know. It, I don't think it is. Let's find out real quick. Wasteland 3, is it coming to the Switch? Uh, Tell to me. I don't think it is. I don't know. Wasteland 2 was okay. It was okay. Uh, nothing, again, nothing I would recommend. Um, if you're into those CRPGs, like the older CRPGs, it'd probably be right up your alley. It's just, I don't know. I, I'm finding myself falling way out of love with them. But here I am, like, playing them again. I, I like, want a good one, you know? But yeah. you, want, you want another Divinity. I couldn't find anything on Wasteland 3 for Switch, so I take that back. But, you know, that might be a thing. But yeah. Wasteland 3, from what I hear, is definitely a better take on... Or uh, a, a more polished take, at the very least, of this CRPG style. So, gotcha. Maybe that'll do it for you if it ever comes out to Switch. We will certainly see. Mm. All right, very good. Uh, so that is what we're playing. Let's move on to some new game announcements. Uh, as I've said, there's kind of packs online. Some of these are packs online related. Some of these are a little bit older because we did miss out on a, uh, a week's episode but uh here we are uh tactical rpg black legend announced for uh release in 2021 so black legend is a tactical rpg as i've said belgium developer warcave has announced black legend a new turn-based excuse me rpg set to release sometime next year on windows pc systems playstation 4 nintendo switch xbox one series x PlayStation 5 all those new games, uh, uh, systems that are coming out. The title is set to fuse tactical gameplay and open world exploration within a grim 17th century inspiring setting, layering with layered with inspiration from the folklore and myths of Netherlands and Belgium. Check out the announcement trailer below. So yeah, definitely check that out. It almost looks, I'm going to say looks, uh, or reminds me of a little bit of Bloodborne, um, in terms of aesthetics. Uh, definitely, yep. definitely doesn't play that way. It is, it is definitely your uh, grid-based tactical RPG. I, I'd say like the time period is probably like a hundred years prior to the time period of Bloodborne. Okay. And I'd also say it doesn't have any of the Eldritch, you know, Cthulhu-esque elements whatsoever. Right. Uh, yeah. The Lovecraftian stuff is not. Yeah, and I know I know it said it's based on some folklore, but I don't see any. It, everything looks very realistic. I don't see any magic or or anything. Um, the actual the trailer has very little gameplay. I'm just looking at stills and screenshots. Um, yeah, it's, it's got almost nothing. The end of the trailer shows like this big giant dude knight, with giant a sword. Knight, yep. Yeah, uh, and maybe that's a little bit of the fantasy element, and that's fine. Like if they're going for light fantasy with this more realistic uh it's it's kind of like a time period of like renaissance pre-victorian post-renaissance type thing looks real good renaissance yeah it's it's got a very clean ui mm -hmm. and interface it's very easy to read there's it's it looks good just, yeah. just from it's got a grid-based system and it's not hexes, it's uh, squares. 
and it's got verticality to the combat because uh, you can see people standing on top of stuff uh, and people on lower ground. So all that is exciting stuff. This it looks very very promising. Yeah, very promising. We will see. Um, again, it's going to be a while. Twenty twenty one. Next, yep. we have Warsaw. I think we've mentioned this game before, and we finally actually yeah. have a release date. Uh, Warsaw. War, wow, why am I saying it like that? Warsaw. Sore? Sore. Warsaw. <laughs> it's coming October 1st. Uh, Warsaw is set in a Polish city of Warsaw during 1944 uprising against the occupying Nazi forces. Players command squads made up of recruits from many walks of life, including members of the underground resistance, civilians, and criminals. Combat is turn-based using different classes, resource management aspects, and skills, weapons, and abilities designed to complement each other. The game originally released for PC, so it's actually already out in 2019. Uh, those interested in reading more, you can head over to RP Gamer uh, Gamer's Review, which is basically where I'm getting this year. And it looks like, again, like I said, October 1st for a price of uh, about $20, US dollars. Uh, very yeah, on, on Steam, it's $24. Oh, we're getting a discount. Yeah. A little, little odd. Uh, the game is actually reviewed pretty well. It's at 75. Uh, user rating on Steam. So that you kind of take that rating and drop 10, and that would equate to a console rating. So it might not be good. Although, if they work on it, right, it could go up by 10 as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if I had to like summarize how the game looks and plays... Mm -hmm. It's pretty much World War Two meets uh, Darkest Dungeon. That's it, man. That's basically what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, if you look at RP Gamer's review, they gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Uh, uh, pluses are enjoyable game loop, real world scenario worth exploring and highlighting. Negatives are doesn't make, a, <laughs> make good narrative use of its setting and lacks staying power. I don't know what those means. I have yet to read the review, but that's just a very quick summary. Right. Uh, Metacritic has it at 62. Okay. So that kind of fell in line with my, you know, deduct 10 from user review. Gotcha, gotcha. So that, that kind of falls in line with it. So, yeah. Um, it's not reviewed well, but it can go up, right? Because they've, this release, as you said, a year ago. They've had a year to work on it. I know they're porting, but, you know, they could also improve on things that were problematic. Right, but can you improve on the doesn't make a good narrative, doesn't make good narrative use of its setting? You can't really change that. Um, yeah, no. definitely can't. So, I don't know. That's that. Um, Another one we have here, Wood Salt announced heading to the Switch in October. Developer team Wood Salt have announced narrative-driven sci-fi RPG Wood Salt. Uh, the game is set to release for the Nintendo Switch via PC. I'm sorry. Uh, set to release for Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam October 13th. The announcement trailer can be viewed below. Again, we're getting this RP Gamer. Uh, in Woodsalt, players control the drowsy protagonist, MC, who happens to wake up 1,000 years in the future. After a quick nap, now awake in a brand new world of new Terra, MC must find out how he arrived in this timeline and why. The game features multiple endings, no filler or fetch quests, secrets, and cat collecting game. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, this looks like a very artsy 
game maybe i i, I don't i don't even know artsy well Ooh, i hate this art style i i dislike it as well um it's it's the chibi art style uh and it doesn't look good it's generic yeah it does That's look what it's like yeah generic does. and safe yeah I, I mean again with the trailer you can't really tell what the gameplay is like um but it's it's trying to come across as a very mysterious kind of uh, type of game. I don't know. Um, it looks very antiquated. Can I say that as well? It looks like a MOBA game. Like the this is the art style that you get in typical MOBA games with uh, low poly, chibi esque, as you said, big head, like oversized head on small frail uh <laughs> short length appendage bodies it's um it's not look it's an art style it looks clean it looks safe it's like a very safe art style but safe is not necessarily good maybe it's hiding something because there's as you said some spooky elements to it but uh and it's also releasing in october yeah so maybe they're trying for the Halloween time stuff, but I don't know. I don't know about this one. All right, next we have Kronos Before the Ashes for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, and Stadia. Don't forget that console. Um, Kronos is uh, Before the Ashes is based off the 2016 release of a VR game, Kronos from Gunfire Games, before the studio was acquired by THQ Nordic. The game has been overhauled and optimized for current platforms without the need for VR support. So it's kind of kind of interesting, right? I, I mean, have many games done that before? Jump the shark here? Yeah, because VR was a big thing that, uh, especially the indie industry, was uh, kind of trumping along as if it's the second coming because there was a lot of investment capital going into that. Yep. There was a lot of hype because Facebook bought Oculus and stuff like that, and that turned out to be like a uh, <laughs> a big giant dumpster fire of uh, probably sh everyone shouldn't have jumped in on this uh, so quickly. Right. It it's it's tech that works, but it's just so far from being widely accepted and adopted. And I still think VR is at least another two console generations away from being mainstream yeah that i mean that's probably entirely true it's, i don't know it just doesn't it, it doesn't sit well with me i know a lot of people who get sick i don't necessarily get sick i just i think it's obnoxious with my glasses and whatnot so it just doesn't work well for me and big and i don't like the look of a lot of them they're generally not a lot of them i mean there aren't many that look good in my opinion so oh how it looks doesn't matter, but it does have a weight issue mm -hmm. when you're wearing it on, on your head. It's got cumbersome uh, controllers. I yep. think all of them, the Oculus and Vive, which I have, and the other ones, uh, all their controllers are just weird and cumbersome. They don't use real joysticks, and there's there are issues. There's uh, I know um, Alex, uh, which I do plan on getting at some point when it hits a sale on Steam. Uh, I will get Half Life Alex. Okay. Because uh, I like Half Life and it's Valve and it's a VR game and Valve 
made Vive and their own uh, was index, Valve Index. Yep. So, uh, and it's one of the highest rated games of this year. So, yeah. I am on board with that. And maybe that will be the killer app, but eh. Hmm. But uh, again, we're going back to Chronos before the ash, uh, ashes. Uh, the the um, the trailer is absolutely terrible. Um, it is basically a live, not even a live action. I, I mean, I guess it's live action, but it's basically a woman just kind of dancing to '80s music, um, which doesn't fit the game's vibe at all. Um, yeah, it's out of place. <laughs> yeah, really, really out of place. Um, it's it's very much a. I don't know how. What would you call it? Kind of a medieval esque, um, kind of not hack and maybe it's a hack and slash. I don't know what kind of mechanics. If it's Dark it's Souls, it's an action adventure game. Yeah, so I don't know. It it looks okay. It looks okay. The trailer does not do it justice. Um, the trailer is just absolutely trash. Um, okay, moving on. We have Dwerve is a Zelda inspired RPG with tower defense combat, and it hopes to launch on the Switch. Um, let's see here, Dwerve, this is from NintendoLife.com. Um, we seem to hear about Zelda-inspired indie games almost every other day at the moment, but it's not hard to see why so many developers would choose to go the uh, down that route. Take Dwerve, for example, a new dungeon-crawling RPG that takes influence from Zelda's Link to the Past questing, exploring, and storytelling. On Kickstarter, the game raised more than $30,000 so far, meaning it's uh, that its campaign is already 300% funded with 16 days left to go. Uh, that is true as of September 8th, and we are now at the 16th, so I don't know where it stands right now. Um, but, you seen some of that gameplay? Yeah, I'm looking at the trailer right now on Steam. Uh, it's a, it's actually a quite lengthy trailer showing nothing but non-stop gameplay for the most part and that's what you need to show is yeah, yes. actual game footage and gameplay uh it's like um the 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 camera show the the view, viewport shows way more of the arena environment so it's not as close of a camera as zelda Yep. which also ties into uh, it wants you to be more aware of the various uh, dungeon trappy and enemies stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. So it looks a lot like, uh, yes, Zelda, but I would say Gauntlet is definitely, in, if not a direct influence, an accidental influence for this game, because this, this is screaming Gauntlet. Really? Yeah. Big okay. Time. I mean, I don't see that. Um, but I definitely do see the Zelda inspiration. Uh, pix it's pixel art, top down type of stuff. Um, and basically, I, I do not see Gauntlet. Now, what Gauntlet are you talking about here? Uh, Gauntlet predates Zelda, so I understand that. the The only Gauntlet I know is the stand up arcade Gauntlet. So sure. there have been many iterations of Gauntlet. So which one are you talking about? Just. Any any of the old ones, really? I mean, Gauntlet. It's you're you're in a dungeon and there's enemies, and then there's like a spawning point for enemies, and you keep killing the enemies as fast as possible until you get you destroy their spawning point, and then you kind of mix and repeat. Something right. randomly drops a key. All right, so you open up the stairwell, and then you make it down to the next floor. Here I am. I'm watching Gauntlet gameplay 
on the NES. And yeah, obviously it looks better than than that, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Could, I could see that. And then they've added the kind of like the, like the article mentioned, they added the kind of the, um, what is it, the uh, tower defense kind of mechanic. So you're setting traps, the enemies are coming towards you, that sort of stuff. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like Zelda's not that, Zelda does not throw that many enemies at you at no, a time. Nope. And it's not at that aggressive, which is why I said more like Gauntlet, because Gauntlet is that aggressive and does throw that many enemies at you. Right. So that, that's why I said it kind of leans more towards Gauntlet on that aspect. But there is this overworld stuff going on. So that's probably, it's probably a mix between the two, Gauntlet and Zelda. If I had to kind of summarize okay. it. Okay. That sounds okay to me. Yeah, right. great. Then I think this was one of the ones that were kind of the uh, the PAX Online um, announcements. So we have Scott Pilgrim vs. the World Complete Edition come to the Nintendo Switch. I know that a lot of people... Ubisoft. Yeah, well, yeah, but a lot of people were wanting or loved this game. I've never played it. What I'm saying is the announcement was during Ubisoft. Not... Oh, I'm sorry. But, okay, so that was yeah. during their... Um, their they call it a forward or something? Yeah, the the part two Ubisoft. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Thing, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, this is... Uh, is this a remake? Is that what we're... I, I don't even know. I, I mean... It's it's the same game, but with all the bells... All the DLC and whatnot included. Okay. So it's it's the complete edition. That's yeah. the subtitle. Right. That, the, that makes sense. Edition. That makes yeah. cer- certainly makes sense. I absolutely love the movie. I've never played this game though. Uh, the game is good. It's um, it's uh, what's that game that that beat that beat 'em up action game that's like Double Dragon, but it has, but it's also an RPG. Streets of Rage. What? Streets of Rage. No, the one that's in a, also in our, our counts as an RPG. Oh um, yeah, we we Ben plays it all the time on the website. It's not- it's on NES. Yes, 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 yes. Shoot. Can't, uh, can't even remember it. Rivals? No. No. Uh, River City Ransom. There you go. That's the one. Yes. So it plays just like that. Uh, from what I can remember when I played Scott Pilgrim, uh, you get money. Money is kind of like your experience. So enemies drop a lot of stuff. Drops money. Mostly enemies drop money, and then with that money you can purchase stuff. You can go into like stores and like buy food, and certain foods will give you certain permanent stat bonus increases to your character. Okay. So there, that's kind of where it's at. There's a co-op play in there. Uh, there's a world that an overworld to it that you can navigate through and go to different uh, locations. So, and it was also very grindy. That that was the problem I had with the game was that it was a little bit too grindy. All right. But, looks, yeah. it, lo- it looks like it has. Is it four player? Is yep. Multi. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah it it is a it is a well done co op beat 'em up RPG. Okay. Very well done. I might, I might have to get this. And it looks like it might even. Does it have like mini games or anything? I'm, yeah, it, it's definitely quirky. It's, it's got um, elements of River City Ransom, which have some quirkiness to it. And um, uh, this is like a weird game. It, it was on uh, Super Nintendo. I think it was called like um, 
what was it? You played as like this kid, and it was also kind of like a beat 'em up RPG, Zelda like. Uh, what was it called? It was actually really good. I rented that game multiple times on Super Nintendo because it was so good. Um, uh, what was it? You got like a stick. <laughs> that was like one of your main weapons. You <laughs> whack people with a stick. I have no idea. Ah, uh, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to do some digging on that. But yeah, it's it's that game had. I remember that game because it had really weird mini games in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the mini games you could like farm money off of and stuff like that. Really fun stuff. So yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Next, we have uh, Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake. So this was another one of their. Was this Ubisoft as well? Yep. All right. So they're doing a few remakes. Very nice. Thank you so much. Well, this is their first remake ever. Well, I'm just saying we got a, Ubisoft has a few. Not a remake, I guess. The other one's kind of a port, right? Yeah, the the others are like uh, remaster, port, yeah. you know, definitive edition stuff. But this is a full blown remake. This is not taking original assets and upscaling, right? Mm-hmm. This is they generated brand new assets for this remake. Yeah. So let me see here. So switch at a later date. Looks like it's January 2021. So Ubisoft unveiled Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake earlier today during the Ubisoft Forward event. It was announced at the event. Uh, for the Nintendo Switch, but it is listed on the company's website as a Switch title. Um, it was, it is thought, it is thought the game will arrive on the platform at a later date than the other versions. No doubt, Ubisoft will announce it for the system nearer to the game's release. For now, you can check out the trailer, and this is on uh, my Nintendo news. Uh, well, the release date is January twenty first. Oh, so, yes. Um, but it doesn't say that it is coming off the Switch. Is that correct? Is that what the, uh, the article said? Yeah. It's in a tweet from Ubisoft. Right. Whether or not that pertains to the Switch version. In, in, the, tra- in the trailer, it only shows PC, Xbox, and PS4. Uh, okay. And it also does not show, um, usually shows the icons there. It doesn't show the Switch. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, who knows? We may get this one tomorrow. <laughs> oh, the release date for it. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. What do you think about it? Did you uh, play the original? My This was, uh, no. Was the original out on GameCube or was that a different Prince of Persia? GameCube, yeah. Game, okay. It was on all three consoles. I have it on GameCube. I might be able to see it from here. It's over there somewhere. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't yeah. think I have that one. It, you know, graphically, it's not that big of a step up. It is stylized, <laughs> so maybe some of the special effects, because the sand effect kind of looks cool. Yeah. But other than that, like the models are, they don't look very impressive. No, no, they don't. I'm assuming this was a good game because they're remastering it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it it's not unless they change and update the gameplay, it's not going to wow people today. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting and 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 a fun romp when it first came out, but to today's standards, this is going to be like 
This is the kind of game that led to other games, right? Stuff that they were doing in this game sure. when it first came out is stuff that they eventually improved upon in games like Assassin's Creed. There you go, yeah. Um, just looking at the comments, again, we're looking at this at My Nintendo News. The first comment kind of looks like a last-gen title. <laughs> and I'm going to agree. It does kind of look like a last-gen title. Yeah, uh, Ubisoft had to comment on other... on the fan response comment of how off the uh, remake remade graphics looks. So yeah, doth not look too good. Anyway. It's fine. It's definitely a step up. So yeah, I, I, I guess that's fine. If that your standards are that low anyway, uh, action adventure RPG, there is no light coming to the switch. Uh, this, thanks to a successful Kickstarter campaign, the action-adventure RPG There Is No Light has been confirmed for the Switch. With just over three weeks to go, total funds surpassed $30,000, meaning a release on the Nintendo's, con uh, Nintendo's console is now secured. Uh, there are now possible stretch goals such as extra side quests at 35 and a bestiary at 40 Um, Side note here. What are your thoughts on bestiaries? Love them. You love them, huh? What yeah, if the, they're great. If the game is terrible, do you ever look at the bestiary? Uh, no. Okay. The game so, is terrible. I I stopped playing it. So yeah, well yeah, that's kind of my point. I mean, these I feel like um a lot of games include this, but I I feel like also a lot of people aren't really that into it. I don't know. Uh, it depends on the game. The bestiary has to be. It's got to give you useful. It's got to be useful to the, the player. There aren't many games that make them useful. I can think of like a small handful. I agree, but the games that are that where they are useful, and typically they're the one, uh, the games that I find them the most useful in are the Metroidvania style games. Mm -hmm. Specifically, uh, the the actual Metroidvanias, the Castlevania ones. Yep. Uh, all the all the handhelds and and Symphony of the Night. And as well as uh, Bloodstained had an incredible BCR, very well implemented and actually very useful to the player. Yeah. But again, not many, not many of them are useful. I don't know. I, I yeah. just, I just always see that as a stretch goal, and I'm like, all right, it's, it's. I guess it's kind of, kind of cool. I don't know. Um. But man, it, it depends. It depends on how they. If this is a game about uh, loot drops off of enemies, then a bestiary is important, right? Because you want to know what what drops off of what enemies and mm -hmm. where are those enemies located, and uh, you know how do you min max against them type stuff. Like right. what are their defenses? What are their weaknesses? How can you be efficient at farming them over and over again to get exact materials that you need to farm? Yeah, I, I I think this is it's more of a miss than it is a hit. Anyway, uh, here's some information about There Is No Light, along with the trailer you can find at Nintendo Everything. Uh, after a global catastrophe, the remains of the human of a human civilization civilization built a new religious society among the ruins of a desolated underground. They have forgotten the light of sun, and now blindly following the new god, the Great Hand. Uh, so yeah, what have you watched the trailer here? It is a uh, pixel art game, 
Uh, but the one thing I found, it's not odd or anything. It's just like the character looks a little elongated, so he looks maybe a little bit taller. It's just, I don't see many games that, at this angle, kind of like the top-down perspective, um, look that long. I don't know. That was just the first thing I saw. That's fine. I like uh, it. Yeah, I, I it mean, doesn't, I, it doesn't look out of place to me. No, no, and it, not that it looks out of place. It just looks different. You know, uh, it kind of stands out. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's good that it looks different. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, but it, it is a. Uh, it looks like a, just again an, an action RPG, um, and it, and I like, I like some of the combat animations. I like the enemy um, uh, varieties. It looks like some some cool looking um, enemy design. I like the design on them. Um, yeah, it looks very dark, bloody, and good. Yeah. It's this is a isometric souls like. Yeah, I, I don't know if does it have a stamina based uh, kind of uh, action combat there? Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean it, who knows? They're not showing it. All they show is health bars. Okay. Yeah. So who knows whether that's the case, but I've played uh, some indie games, some indie game demos uh, from just a few months ago from some sort of indie showcase thing. I forgot which one it was, but those one of the summer ones. I played it on. I played games that play like this one uh, on Steam, and uh, those had stamina systems and stuff like that. I forgot what the name of it is. It's probably on my little list over here. Somewhere I could probably quickly dig it up. Uh, what do we have here? A new? No, not a new. Uh, half past. Uh, I don't see it anymore. Undungeon, maybe. Undungeon. No, maybe not Undungeon. No. Either way, I've I've played them. Uh, there's one game, isometric, Dark Soulsy style, uh, game called Aid. Eider, I think it's called. Uh, it hasn't released yet. I've been following it for like four years. It's taken forever. <laughs> so I have no clue what the status is on that game. But this is definitely a style of 2D games that I think is going to be very potentially interesting. Right. It's been done before, but mm-hmm. when they lean more towards the Souls-like style or uh, theme at the very least, that's that's exciting to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Uh, next, we have Immortals Phoenix Rising, one of those games that have changed their name. So this used to be Gods and uh, Gods and Monsters. Uh, set to release December 3rd for consoles and PC. So we have a lot of new information coming out on this. You can go to um, any RPG site, um, any RPG. Oh, I'm actually at RPGsite.net, but a lot of RPG sites have covered this. Uh, so again, this was during the Ubisoft Forward stream. Um, yeah, so it's set for release December 3rd. I'm really kind of surprised that the, the Switch is getting it on that same same day. Um, but also in Ubisoft fashion, there's like tiers of, of this, right? So um, you have the standalone version, then you have a gold edition, then you have a season pass, and then you have this. So they, they, this is something that they always do, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think of this game? Is this the Kid Icarus game that you've always wanted? Uh, this is... This is all you're going to get. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
It is. This is absolutely the Kid Icarus game that everyone always wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And and I see a lot of comparisons to Breath of the Wild. Um, oh, while, yeah, big time. While I, I see that, I am so tired of that. I mean, like... All right, You're tired I, of games ripping off Breath of the Wild? Or? I'm, I'm tired of people, I don't know, maybe gatekeeping. Oh, it's just a Breath of the Wild clone. It's just a clone of this. It's a clone... Like... It may be inspired by it and kind of look similar or whatever, but I mean, it's it's it certainly doesn't look like a clone to me anyway. You must be blind, man. I so. do have glasses, um, <laughs> but it doesn't play like. Here's another example: Genshin Impact, right? Like a, a lot of people say, yeah, it's just a Breath of the Wild clone, but man, it plays very different. It doesn't play like Breath of the Wild at all. I don't know yeah, this one. I don't. Of I don't know this. Play a little different, but. Not a, and not not a little different. It plays very different. It doesn't play like it at all. I don't Look, know. This game is screaming Breath of the Wild, but it's also it. screaming Kid Icarus. Yes, yes, yes. It's screaming Breath of the Wild, big time, big I time. I don't want to hear it. Especially you're not as to be, much impact, but this is screaming it. You're supposed to be on my and side. That's not a bad thing. I don't you're, care if it's screaming Breath of the Wild. You mean that there's finally games that are imitating? The best game of all time, right? But Finally. When, I mean, but like, I, sign me I know, up. I know. But when people say it, it's almost like eh, it's just a clone. Like it's almost like ah, write it off. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, yeah. No, I mean this this game looks pretty good. You know, it looks real good. It also kind of looks a little generic. Uh, only, only a little. It it's not taking itself seriously. That, that's my only gripe with it, and I'm fine with that as long as they they kind of mention that there's going to be a comedic relief okay. in there in the storyline between uh, some of the characters. Like uh, I don't know if it was Zeus. They had like Zeus and Prometheus talking. I don't know if that's supposed to be the com uh, the comedy relief type stuff. But if it takes itself uh, in a joking kind of way. I'm totally down with that because that's different. Not too many games that kind of go that route. Um, right. It doesn't have to be a serious thing. I just don't want it to be like this very safe, meant for kids only type of thing. Uh, I'm fine with it being ready for everyone, but you know, insert some uh, parental humor here and there on right. top of the the kid, the well beloved kid stuff as well. Mm -hmm. so. I don't know. I think it looks good. This may that may be something I uh, jump on. So um, I just hate the fact that Ubisoft just they have all these additions and season passes without like okay. So you're telling me DLC is coming out? I don't know what what I'm getting into. Um, I don't know. Anyway, deal companies eventually have to realize that DLC is. Uh, I mean, depending on the nature of the DLC, maybe I'm wrong, but. Most DLC, in my eyes, is definitely not worth it. Companies need to like really work on making DLC worthwhile, and especially for games that are already massive. Like, what's the point of making DLC? Look at God of War. That did not have DLC. Why? Because it was already huge and massive. Those you got more than enough bang for your buck. Right. I would have said the same for Breath of the Wild, but. Then they made DLC for it, and I like the DLC, but you know that's also DLC for the best game ever. So, uh, <laughs> in those instances, I'm like, yeah, 
of course, definitely give me more of, of this greatest game ever type thing. I'm down with that. So if the game is great, sometimes some games are great until they overstay their welcome. Mm-hmm. And at that point, DLC is very much pointless. Yeah, well, for for me with uh, Breath of the Wild DLC, I just put so much time into it. I mean, I couldn't see myself either replaying it for like a master mode or trials. Like, I'm like, I just, I just put way too much time into this game to continue to play. And even like Xenoblade Chronicles did it. Um, who else has done it? Z- Xenoblade did it well, though. They did. The, their their expansion was not only was it um, huge, massive. Yeah. Uh, it also changed like. Uh, I mean, the gameplay was all altogether different. Added a great new storyline, and that also was a game in and of itself. Yeah, it was a standalone, right? But it was yeah. part of their DLC package. It was part of the, it was part of the DLC package, but you could also buy it as a standalone, right? And it didn't even it, it took place in the past, you know, five hundred years prior, right? And it, like yeah. I said, it feels like a totally different game. It's like a brand, brand new game. All right. Immortals. Name, name is terrible. They should have just kept Gods and Monsters. I'm guessing there was some trademarking issues uh, with that. Well, that that's that's, yeah, 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 well, that's not a guess. That's what they said. Okay, there you go. They said it was a trademark issue with Monster Energy. Well, well you got to fight those. I mean... Come on, Ubisoft. Fight those battles. It's <laughs> monster energy. The game is called Gods and Monsters. Where is where's the infringement? Like let yeah. let they're gonna monster energy is gonna lose the lawsuit and they're gonna lose money. Right. No way that that they're gonna go through with that. And if you uh countersue for re uh for recompense or whatever, whatever the term is, to get your money to have them pay for your legal fees to dispute this whole shenanigan thing, you'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, I, obviously they didn't. They just didn't want to deal with that. But we're stuck with Immortals: Phoenix Rising. They could have chose a better name. Yeah, I don't know. I, How about I, Gods Amongst Immortals? Ooh, <laughs> that's a way better name. <laughs> well. We're a little beyond that now. It's too late. Right. What's your opinion of the game, though? I I I think it looks good. I think it looks really good. Um, you say it looks safe. Um, yeah, maybe maybe there's a little bit of that. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of a generic kind of action RPG type of thing. Um, but I like the setting. I've always liked the setting, even like um, you know the the, the gods of war, the god of war series. I I love that type of setting. So. I think this would be something I would like. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they are putting out just a ton of information. Sometimes it's too much. But uh, it's almost like they're trying to sell us on it, like, hard. Or I don't think they need to do that. Well, they only have, what, two more months? Three more months to promote it, so... Yeah, two well, pr- promotion is different, but they're, they're, doing, uh, they're doing gameplay walkthroughs. They're doing gameplay overviews. They're doing... World premiere trailers. They're doing uh, dev this, dev that. Like, chill out, man. Chill out. Just like throw us a trailer. Let us sit on it for a little bit. Let us chew on it. Figure it out. Throw us some information here and there. We don't need all this stuff. Yeah. 
I, I just I just old. think I just think nowadays is we get way too much information and we want it or a lot of people want it, but it's just it's just too much. Yeah. The the only thing I don't like about what I'm seeing with this game, like I'm fine with the I think the visuals look really good uh, and the theme and the world looks uh cool i like how nice and dense the world looks Mm -hmm. i'm liking all that stuff the only thing i don't like is the combat and i'm not saying that the combat looks bad it looks well executed it just looks like combat i've done in so many other games right over and over again it doesn't look like it's shown me anything new that i haven't done before in combat well maybe maybe they're shown earlier combat and the only reason why i'm saying that is because it looks like you can gain a lot of powers and things, um, you know, so maybe with the addition of new powers, it'll play a little different than just your ordinary kind of button mashing type of type of game. Maybe there's there's going to be a lot layered on to it, you know. I hope so. Yeah. And and I'm only going off of base of the one. I only watched one trailer again. I, I'm not a fan of all this. A lot of information stuff. Um so I'm just going off of one trailer and I think once you get your basic combat, I think it's gonna get laid upon. I really do you hope can, so anyway. You can climb like Breath of the Wild. I don't want to hear it. You can climb everything. You got wings, so you can do like the gliding uh off of high points. Oh, I didn't I did not know. Wait a minute. I did not know Breath of the Wild was the first to do that, but continue. They they do it in. If you want to talk about ripoffs, Breath of the Wild actually ripped off Far Cry. Okay. No. Yes. No, Far Cry ripped that off of another Zelda game. Which one? Wind Waker. Oh, Wind Waker, please. Wind Waker did the whole gliding thing before I'm, that. I'm not talking about that. I'm t- just ex- like an example, like the towers. So you raise a tower and you reveal an area of the map. Uh, Far Cry did that before before Breath of the Wild did it. I mean, everybody's influenced by everybody. Why does everyone have to, to gatekeep? Leave me no, alone. I'm not talking about gatekeep. I'm just pointing out how close in proximity, gameplay-wise, it is to Breath of the Wild. I don't want to hear it. But that's uh, not a bad thing. Clearly, Breath of the Wild did a whole lot of right stuff. No, and I understand that, but people use that as a knock against any game that is remotely similar. I'm not knocking it. I'm just trying to convince you that hey yeah there's way more similarities between the gameplay of the of these two games more than than you're aware of and i'm just pointing out like you can climb anything just like in breath of the wild right i don't want to hear it johnny all right <laughs> speaking of breath of the wild right we have hyrule warriors like out of freaking nowhere hyrule warriors age of calamity revealed launches <laughs> this november this year this was like kept under wraps. Like I don't even like no one even remotely thought this was going to be a thing. So Koei Tecmo, if you're familiar with kind of the Warriors games, um, and Hyrule Warriors again, uh, Nintendo and Koei Tecmo have revealed a new entry in the Hyrule Warriors series, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, taking place 100 years before the events of Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity tells the story of Hyrule Hyrule's downfall at the hands of Calamity Ganon and his evil forces through massive action-packed battles against waves of enemies. Players will be able to step foot on the battle battlefields around Hyrule, taking up arms as characters like Link, Princess Zelda, and the, the four legendary champions. 
uh, check out the reveal trailer. I am on RPGfan.com. You can probably find that trailer just about anywhere. Um, I will. We we were talking about this kind of at length before we started recording, and um, I think we're both kind of excited for this game. Super excited. It's just, I can I say, and and this is without question, right? Like the the Warriors games have kind of gotten better with every single game. Like at first, I'm like, eh, kind of just whatever. It's just a bunch of enemies flying around at once. It's just, it's just, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but they've just they've gotten better. I would want to say ever since Hyrule Warriors, they've gotten better. I wouldn't know. I've never played a Warriors game. Okay, well, I've played Hyrule Warriors, and um, it's it's better than some of the Dynasty Warriors, in my opinion. Um, I, I haven't played it all out. You know, I haven't completed it. Um, but it was it was interesting. The one thing I really dislike about it, it, it can get kind of chaotic at times, where you'll be doing one battle, and then all of a sudden you have to head over somewhere else because some other thing is getting, you know, invaded or whatever. So it can kind of get overwhelmed. Overwhelming, sorry. But um, this just looks, and I think you had mentioned that, this looks like they took the Breath of the Wild engine, right? And kind of made a game out of it, a new game out of it. Or at least some some elements of the Breath <laughs> of the Wild engine, yeah. At the very least, it's a graphical uh code i'm talking code stuff uh they took some of that in addition to the obvious assets uh like uh textures and models and animations and stuff like that they definitely grabbed that they mentioned that in the video uh 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 presentation so that's not news but just just the nature of the shaders they at the very least got the shaders cuz it looks i Identical to yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yes, it does. Identical. Yeah, and, and the story is uh, is perfect for this kind of game. So if you've played Breath of the Wild, you know that there was this giant war of, like I had mentioned, with Calamity Ganon, and it, this is the one that almost killed Link, and Zelda basically had to put him in the state and protect him. Um, and in the meantime, Zelda is fighting Calamity Ganon this entire time. But, again... The reason why Link was almost killed was because of this this war, hundred years prior, uh, and we actually get to play out the war. So does that mean we already know the ending? Guessing. I think it does, but there there's a lot to tell there, and that's that's the most exciting part about it. Right. I mean, because we know the four. Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. Um. But we know the what happens with the four heroes. We know what happens with Link, because I just said it, but that's the very beginning of the game. Um, so, I mean, we, we know where it ends up. It's just how we get there, right? Yeah, I, I'm looking at the uh, history of these uh, Muso games. It, they go really far back. It, the company was back in 96. And their first uh, Dynasty Warriors was in 97. They've been making these games for quite some time. Yep. Dynasty Warriors has gone all the way up to Dynasty Warriors 9 is the most recent iteration. And then yep. they got, uh, actually, there might be, there's a bunch of Dynasty Warrior games that have new numbers on them as well. There's yep. just a whole lot. Samurai Warriors. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of spinoffs. Warriors Orochi. 
Well, some of the the kind of the more notable ones are the uh, the Hyrule Warriors, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. I think is that what it's called. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find it. Oh, I can't believe I can't remember it. I've never played it, but um, Fire Emblem Warriors. Yep. Yeah. So Fire Emblem Warriors, and then this one here. Uh, these are those are the oh, ones. And, that... and Persona Five Scramble. Yes, I was I was just about to mention that Persona Five, uh, which hopefully will will come out for us here in the West. Um, and if I didn't mention, November twentieth is when this is coming. So that's like a month away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a month, a month and a half, uh, two months. I'm sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting more information. Uh, two weeks, less than two weeks from now. I hope it means like a collector's edition because I'm just. I will instant purchase it. Yeah, this this is definitely a buy for me. I'm still gonna wait unless they have like a really good, as you said, collector's edition for this, which they do have a collector's edition. But I don't know if that's the only one that's gonna be available because it didn't seem that impressive, the one that I saw. Yeah. Uh, so that that would be the only reason why I would get it without waiting for the reviews. Just mm-hmm. because, you know, it is a Warriors game, so it's not my jam. But, and this is, if there ever was a Warriors game for me to get into, they pulled it off. This is the one, even Hyrule Warriors, I wasn't into. Yeah. It, it didn't pull me in. But this yeah. one. There was, there was some aspects of Hyrule Warriors I didn't like. Like I mentioned, it was kind of like overwhelming at times. Uh, some of the zoning or kind of the gate gating um, was a little frustrating. Um, but yeah, it was, they did do a lot of, uh, they did put show love for the franchise in Hyrule Warriors. Yes. And I think that was the selling point that, or the convincing point that Nintendo needed in order to hand them basically the keys to the kingdom. Cause that, if I were this company, or developers, whatever. This is a dream come true. true. You get to work on one of the most beloved video game franchises of all time. Again. As, and and work that franchise in for your style of game that you have basically mastered. Mm-hmm. That's like an honor beyond honor. And, and you're making whatever the story that you're making is going to be canon. Right, and that's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> You're hitting right, or like on all these points. Like this is probably one of the only ones I haven't played Persona, Hyrule Warriors. Nah, this one actually has a story, uh, and a probably and a more meaningful one, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, this is awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, right. it, there's voice acting. They got new. Uh... Just they showed off some of those story sequences there. It it looks touching. They got the same voice actors from awesome. Breath of the Wild. Yep. Just you know, cool. I'm 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 excited. I'm excited. Nicey, nicey. All right, that's gonna do it for new game announcements. Let's go for a quick rundown here. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Um they've they've kind of showcased some English voiceover. Uh, so I think that was a question on whether or not it was going to be uh, subbed or dubbed. It's actually going to be uh, uh, dubbed and subs and dubbed, like all of it. So yeah, that is um, that is good news for a lot of people who just don't like 
to listen uh, to the Japanese voiceover. They can listen to the English one. Some prefer the other way around. Whatever. It's it's, it's either one. Um, and again, the game comes out next week. Next week. N- next week. For us. And the reviews the reviews are out, and it's scoring real good. Well, Famitsu, you had, we had mentioned, scored it really well, too, so... They scored exceptionally well. I'm I'm talking about you know reviews here on like Open Critic and Metacritic. It's scoring really well. Nice. And that, and that you said is coming out next week on the PS4, right? On the PS4. Hopefully, it comes to the Switch. Yeah. Uh, ho- hopefully tomorrow they announce it tomorrow. If they don't announce it tomorrow, I'm probably just gonna bite the bullet and buy it on PS4 because right now 87 percent on metacritic is a fantastic score and it's already a game that i wanted to get into so i'm totally sold and on board you jump in the ship you go to the ps4 i can't believe you you know if well nintendo has a chance tomorrow well we'll see all right pokemon sword and shield the crown tundra coming soon trailer Uh, so this is a trailer a pre-trailer is that what this is yeah it's a trailer for the next for the second major wave of uh the the dlc expansion gotcha 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 all right let me see here a new video has appeared on youtube giving a short look at the upcoming pokemon sword and shield expansion the crown tundra which is part of the pokemon sword and shield expansion expansion pass we haven't heard any new details about the expansion as of late but we are reassuring but it is reassuring to know that it's still listed as coming soon check out the 30 second commercial for the crown tundra dlc below this is uh, via my Nintendo News. I don't know where they got it, but yeah. Uh, Crown Tundra. We've got a new, nice and little, neat little trailer. Pokemon Sword and Shield, not my jam this time around. There are just way too many other things going on for me to jump into, uh, into that. All right. Nintendo announces new content for Damon X Machina coming in November. I thought they completely forgot about this game. <laughs> well, there's there's essentially two stories uh, with Damon X Monica, uh, Machina. Uh, they are in celebration of their launch because they launched right around this time last year. Yep. They released a whole bunch of free new content. Uh, what they do like uh, a brand new arsenal. I don't know if that's a that is a thing. I played the demos. I don't know if that's an actual thing yeah, or. I- I would like to that's think they're great. far beyond what we we you and I played on the demo because that's as far as I got as well. Yeah, uh, they got skins, weapon blueprints, so probably crafting uh, new uh, sort of things that you can socket your mech with. Probably drops from enemies that you can then pick up and then retrofit your mech with. Decals, uh, a unique immortal boss, uh, and that's coming in November, and that's via free update, and then. The free oh that was the big content for November. Then the free content. What do they have in the free content? New let's see new arsenal, uh, exterior change item. I'm not sure what that is. No a idea. new outer suit. A new order slash mission called Eclipse RT Operation Destruction. Uh, there's some details here on the mission. So it's it's kind of a, a bigger style mission. Some new arsenal decals uh, and preview backgrounds. Uh, those two things aren't really all that major. But um, yeah, it's, it's free content. 
Yeah. And then even more content and a new boss uh, in November. Nice. Yeah, so um, they're, they are still supporting this game, um, which, I don't know, I, I didn't mind the demo. It was kind of empty. Um, there really wasn't much going on in the world in the demo. So I, I would assume that they've improved upon that, <laughs> considering it was just the demo. Yeah, they they have been. That's the thing. They've been improving that game ever since it released, and it, it had there were some issues when it uh, initially released. The version that just that just released is uh, version one point four. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's uh you know the release version is one point So there's right. there's been quite a few updates since then, and who knows? Maybe all the major issues. With the game, I I need to revisit that game. Yeah. Because well, you're, you're yes, there were issues, but you're a mech guy, so I, I figured that yeah. that'd be something you'd be into. Well, I mean, even you, you would you very mm -hmm. much enjoyed Xenoblade Chronicles X. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, and that's why I said. I mean, I, I played the demo. The demo there really wasn't much going on in there. I mean, it was okay. It was kind of it was it was kind of cool. But it, it just wasn't a good enough showcase for me to jump into it. So yeah, yeah. I think I think if there's if they ever, because the only issue I have with the game is that since the entire year it's been available, it's almost never been on sale. Yeah. And I think if it ever goes on a sale, and especially deep sale, I think I would scoop it up just for the hell of uh, scooping up. Wonder what it, what is it costing people nowadays? Let me see here. I think it's a fifty dollar game. No, no way. Is it? I don't. It, check real quick. You were so wrong. It is a sixty dollar game. Sixty? What? Wow. <laughs> there you go. That that's the reason why I haven't grabbed it yet. Yeah, yeah. That's the same for reason why. Reason. Same thing for me with Astral Chain, right? So I'm waiting for a deep sale. Oh, Astral Chain is worth. The $60 price tag. I know, I know, I know. That game is so good. I do have to get that. That game is so it. good. It's the game of the year this year. That's how good it is. What? <laughs> all right. So, pick. <laughs> you, you pick what you pick, all right? You just... <laughs> all right. Uh, Switch version of Terraria has been updated to 1.07. So it looks like they've got some bug fixes on, on there. Uh, again, this isn't a game I'm playing, but I know that uh, quite a number of people play this game. So, yeah, uh, Terraria is fantastic. Uh, it does have a major update, which is two-player split-screen. Yep. Uh, so yeah. this this update adds two-player split-screen feature as well as a solid handful of bugs fixes. Uh, Dev team says that they will turn towards the future with Terraria on Nintendo Switch. Journey's end. We hope to have news on that front as we move ahead. So they may have more in the futures. Kind of cool. Some, something more might be a brew in there. All right. Some bad news, guys. Some bad news. I'm really sorry. No More Heroes 3 has been delayed. Ugh. 2021. This game kind of looks cool. Um, it's too bad. So with all the people not being able to develop together a uh, situation, it's been postponed. Yeah. So I mean, it'll come out eventually. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just not this year. It's uh, fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's other stuff going on. All right. Uh, da -da -da -da. 
where the heck am I? This is kind of terrible news, actually. I think this is... Who cares? Really? Personally. All right, anyway. Tetsuya Nomura. There are currently no specific plans for more Kingdom Heart games on the Switch. Okay. Why not? And this is more, meaning there is something Kingdom Hearts on Switch? And the answer is, it's not what you want. It's a rhythm game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the rhythm game, so why not throw us, a, like, a board or something? I'm sure. Yeah, they, they, have, they have the uh, 3DS compilation okay. game. I forgot, I forgot which mathematical number that one was. <laughs> um, I think there are a few uh, 3DS games for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, throw us a freaking bone here. Come on. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. kind of sad, I guess. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like, why haven't they put together... Because they have a... Uh, for Sony, they have a... Uh, I think a... King, maybe even for Xbox as well. They have a Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and yep. some other games yep. of Kingdom Hearts in a collective package. Right. Why don't they do that? Bring that over. Yeah, well, here we go. Uh, Nintendo enthusiasts had, like, uh, they did some sort of interview. So through translator, Tetsuya Nomura confirmed that there are no, currently no specific plans for more Kingdom Hearts games on the Switch. Square Enix did consider ports of existing games for the Switch in the past, but found it was techno technologically difficult. However, Nomura added that he believes Nintendo Switch is a very appealing piece of hardware and then he had always wanted to do something on this console. Additionally, while he could not speak for games at Square Enix that he isn't associated with, Nomura did express that it is possible another game of his could come to the Switch. Okay. What other games does he have? Um, Tell to me, Google. Tell to me. So he does... Nomura. Yeah, he does some Final Fantasy stuff, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he does a lot of Final Fantasy stuff. A lot of people do Final Fantasy stuff, and then they leave <laughs> Square Enix because Square Enix doesn't know how to manage. All right, so I, I'm looking at the list of games. How do we how do we f figure out what he can actually bring over? I would say Final for, Fantasy VI. Well, that I, I'm the 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 RPG nerds of of everywhere. Their mind, their collective minds would could, like literally blow up if Final Fantasy VI. Got announced, okay. Chrono Trigger, or that is the Chrono Trigger on this list? Yeah. All right. Well, Super that... Mario RPG. What? Final Fantasy VII. No, 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 no. What'd you say before that? Super Mario RPG. Hold on to that thought. We'll come back to that later. Okay. <laughs> we will definitely come back to that later. Um, this guy yeah. has his name on a lot of stuff, but most of it is character design. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, what? Of his games, can he bring over? These aren't his games that he's worked on here. All right. He was the director for Kingdom Hearts. Right. He was the director in Kingdom Hearts. That does not mean he can bring Kingdom Hearts over. That's a Square Enix title. Just because you are the director of a game doesn't mean you can just bring it over. Well, I mean, director, director, concept design, main character design, storyboard designer, you... He was a he kind of ran the show uh, in a big way for Kingdom Hearts. I'm yeah. trying to see something else. Uh, yeah, another Kingdom Hearts game. He was a the big driver of that. 
Uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children. He was mm. the director and character designer, but that was a movie, right? That was indeed a movie. Let's see, Kingdom Hearts 2, same thing. So he's mostly just a graphical kind of person. He doesn't really do much else. Let's see, creative producer, that could be something. Creative producer and graphic designer for The World Ends With You. Fantastic game. Okay. Uh, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, director and concept design for, oh, that's more Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just a ton of Final Fantasy, uh, but you did skip over Parasite Eve, uh, which would be great if they could bring Parasite Eve over. Oh, uh, he he, I, I skipped over it because it was just a, a main character design. That's got, not a major right. role. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But that yeah. was relatively early in his career, so I don't know. Well, it looks like the only time where he kind of directs takes on like bigger positions is really only kingdom hearts. Kingdom hearts. So that, <laughs> right. that is his baby. Yeah. So I don't know if it isn't kingdom hearts, then I don't know what he would bring over. All right. Moving on again, Stardew Valley version 1.5 should be coming soon. Uh, story, my Nintendo news, the charming Stardew Valley looks to set, uh, looks to set, wait, looks set to receive New update soon on the Nintendo Switch. This game's creator uh, concerned Ape teased an image of the content users can expect the from the next version of the game, which is version 1.5. A release date for the update on the Nintendo Switch has yet to be announced, but as soon as we hear anything, we will let you know. And in the image, there is someone fishing. It looks like uh, there are trees in the water. Uh, there's a mallard there. Someone's sitting on the sand. I don't know what's going on here. But there's an lifeguard. Is it lifeguard? I don't know. That's what it looks like. Yeah, kind of looks like a lifeguard chair. Maybe there's some swimming. Is there swimming in, in Stardew Valley? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So yeah, one version one point five coming. It's probably going to add something new. Yeah. All right. Cool. The Witcher three for Switch drove a 70% increase in half-year revenue for CD Projekt Red. So this alone um, increased their revenue 70%. So while there was really nothing else going on for CD Projekt Red, other than, you know, the development for uh, Cyberpunk, they saw a 70% increase in half-year revenue due to The Witcher 3 on the Switch. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's a substantial bump. Oh, yeah. Uh, considering this game has been purchased um, many times on multiple consoles, so people, um, including myself, have it on another system, and this is probably the second time or the second purchase. So there are many other... Uh, I mean, yeah, probably there are some... This is their first buy of the game, but there are many people who have double-dipped into this. Yeah, and a quote from them is uh they said the sales were excellent excellent sales yeah yep the company cited excellent sales of the game on the platform as the key driver of growth during 2020 now it is i don't think cyberpunk 2077 is at all coming to the switch okay um but what i do wish is that they if they could 
develop a game just for the Nintendo Switch, maybe an exclusive, uh, something like that, or something that the Switch can handle anyway, because I think they just do a great job with telling a story. Um, and from the, what I've seen of Cyberpunk 2077, I think they, they do a really good job of the narrative uh, portion of things. And I, and I want to see that other than The Witcher 3 on the Switch. I think they could bring Cyberpunk to the Switch. I definitely think they could. It's just a matter of how much they have to pare things down. Yeah, they... I don't know, man. I I don't know that I'd want want to see that. Because, I mean, I don't want it looking like the Outer Worlds, you know? I don't want it looking that muddy, that bad. Um... I don't want that many shortcuts being taken. I mean, they did do some of that with The Witcher. It looks good, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't look like even Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, I, never mind uh, PC. So, maybe the next iteration, but... I mean, Well, so- oh, oh, oh. remember these rumors that we've been getting? Four. About, uh, from... I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Rumorland stuff. Uh, later, but just Bloomberg has been touting stuff here and there. Oh, yeah. And there's a recent Bloomberg rumor that we'll be discussing. Yep. So, okay. If those things are true, I definitely think a cyberpunk port is potential. Okay. We will uh, certainly get there because I am itching to talk about some of these rumors. Um, all right, so yeah, The Witcher doing well for the Switch. I don't think that's really news. I, th- I think everyone knows that that's selling well. Uh, fairy right, tale. That, that means that the company's going to be way more inclined to yes. consider the Switch for stuff. Yes, so. and I'm glad for that as well. Yeah. Uh, fairy Tale RPG has been updated to version 1.04. Um, I got to tell you, I fell off the map on this game. I just have zero interest to go back to it. I played very little of it. Um, but what are some of the improvements? Character rank limit has been increased from 10 to 12, creating more opportunities to strengthen your party. Uh, corrected typographical errors and met- messages, which I did notice quite a few, um, and they fixed various bugs. Okay, so yeah, just a uh, minor update. Cool. No, it's not a bad game. It's just, it just didn't, didn't grab me. I don't know what uh, it was. We can, we can skip this next one. I'm looking at what the actual changes were. It, it doesn't matter. All right, Xenoblade Chronicles. I'll just say it anyways. Uh, version two point one is up. Been updated. Korean text is now supported. All right, moving on. <laughs> CyberConnect two proposed the idea of hack dot hack. GU last recode switch to Bandai. What is going on here? This is the longest title ever. Uh, to Bandai Namco, but they said no. So CyberConnect two wanted wanted to possibly bring dot hack series onto the Nintendo Switch, and they said no. Why they said no? Why would anyone do that? Well, right, dot so- hack has never been like that great. Well, it's got it's, a, uh, it, franchise. It definitely has its like niche audience for sure. But so I'm looking at that particular game on Steam. The user scores are in the let's see here, uh, 
80, low, recently low 80s, uh, 87 long term mm-hmm. percentile, but the Metacritic is 69. So. Yeah, maybe they just didn't see a great return on investment there. Um, it's, it's a mediocre thing. I mean, it graphically looks dated. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that's true. All right, cool. Uh, Yeast Origin coming to the Nintendo Switch October 1st. I thought we knew this already. Or maybe we knew this for a while. Um, we, we might have talked about it, but we're reiterating it. I This is the Yeast game that I definitely played a good amount of. Yeast Origin with the tower. Uh, it's real good, fun, rompy romp. This is going to be probably that PC game ported. And the PC game was the uh, PlayStation portable game, I think. PSP game ported to the PC. So it's it's a port of a port. Of a port. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so it's coming October 1st. I think also if you go to Atlas, uh, not Atlas, NAS America's website, you can get the physical version too. Because um, I was perusing their website and I s- remember seeing this. So if you are a collector, take a look there. If it's price right, I actually might pick it up. Okay. Yeah, it, um, it's, it's October. Yeah, I don't think it'll be on, on the eShop quite. Uh, I, I want to say that the physical version was $50. If, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm looking it up. All right, cool. So that was kind of the rundown information. We have our heavy news section here. Uh, Nintendo 64 games... Uh, Nate game. Wait, what? This article's headline is all wonky. Uh, Nintendo 64 games names Perfect Dark, Kirby 64, and more discovered in Super Mario 3D All Stars and 64 Switch emulator. Okay, so this 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 dives really deep into what's going on. All right, so uh, the Mario Super Mario 3D All Stars has some people have gotten it uh, ahead of time. And they've really broken it down. So they've, they've discovered that it's running on an emulator, right? Um, and within that emulator, they've also discovered other things. And this is where we have N64 games, um, Perfect Dark, Kirby 64, um, and more. Um, none of which are, I don't believe, well, Pokemon Snap uh, was one. Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. Um, and I think that was pretty much it, aside from the ones I've named before. So what does that mean? Does that mean these are eventually coming over? I I don't know. I well, have no idea. If if you read more into it, it seems like this is the same emulator, perhaps tweaked a bit, uh, for the Wii U. Okay. The same N sixty four emulator that was that the Wii U supported, which is fine because that was a fine emulator. Mm-hmm. And there was a decent number of games that could run on those. The fact that it says Perfect Dark Renderer. Man. Yeah, so possibly there's some up- upscaling there, right? Well, Perfect Dark um, had some unique graphical things that no other N64 game could do. So there, there was some unique stuff there. Uh, when it says renderer, renderers are uh, stuff, 
relating to code, relating to how things are drawn to the screen, it's kind of like a handler of sorts for mm -hmm. calls to the GPU. Yep. So uh, the fact that there's one unique for different games is kind of catering towards unique aspects of presenting a scene within a game. For example, Perfect Dark and Pokemon are like first-person presentation of a world. Uh, Kirby 64 was a side-scroll. Right. So those are some of the reasons why those renders would be very unique. But then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that can fall in line with unique renders and stuff like that. So. Um, can I also mention, clean up your code, guys. Like, this is, there's no need for this to even be in there. <laughs> like, come on. No, well, you could take, these are, these are labels to things in the code. It, it could be pointers, it could be, it could be a whole slew of stuff, but it's a label, a uh, and labels are just strings. Mm -hmm. So you can take binary code and just put it through a text editor, and you can see the labeling of certain objects right. in the code, depending on on the nature of the code, what what uh, language it was written in, and stuff like that, and how it how it was encoded and, and compiled and stuff like that. So uh, this is stuff that they dug up in some way. I mean, it all depends on the nature. It could have been just a flat text file, <laughs> and, and at which point it's like, yeah, come on, clean it up. Right. If it was just on a flat text file, yeah, clean it up. If it was run in some sort of binary and, you know, yeah, maybe that's a little different um, or whatever language. But even even still, man, even still, like I'm just I'm just excited for this. If there is a uh, so clearly the N64 emulator runs on switch because we got Mario 64 coming yep. and it upscales clearly because Mario 64 is upscaled. Yep. So this means that we have the potential to get an N64 N64 games brought to the Switch and upresed. I'm not excited about that. I am super <laughs> excited about that. I really could care less about the N64. All right, really all right. There's there's two games that I want. <laughs> One's already listed here, which is Perfect Dark, and the yeah. only other one that I care a lot about is Ogre Battle 64. Yeah, I was I was waiting for that. So I mean. Yeah. The, so two games. Be well, there's more, but I've played those other games so many times. I mean, F Zero X, absolutely. But I'm saying, you know, Ogre Battle because that is the best RPG on the N64. It's like the almost the only one. <laughs> it's one of the very few. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's it's kind of interesting to uh to see that. So I mean. They're up to, as far as emulation is concerned, they're up to at least the N64, as far as yep. we know. Uh, I don't think we've seen any GameCube emulators running on a Switch natively, like with Nintendo doing it. What are you um, talking about? Sunshine. Oh, yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah, right. Huh. So, and and then, well, well, is, it, is that run on an emulator, though? We don't know. Okay. Well, I we know, know that we know that the... The Mario 64 is running on emulator. I don't know that the other ones are. And by the way, Galaxy is Wii, but the Wii is the same exact architecture as the GameCube, except it's uh, up clocked. Okay. 
So it's 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 a more powerful version of the GameCube. That's it. Yeah. It's the same architecture. So whatever. So you know the fact that we have both a GameCube game and a Wii game that is part of that Mario 3D package. It's and, possible to bring I, over the GameCube games. And I also read somewhere that they only this was only in development. These three games were in development for six months. They yep. made all these. That's in, that's incredible. Uh, that they fat like it's been fast tracked well, like that. It's not like they're building it from the ground up at all. No, 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 no. But but I mean, still. Yeah. Oh, I mean, by the way, going to uh, Yeast Origin Switch limited run thirty bucks. Oh, okay. But it's sold out. <laughs> well, why are you telling us? I, I, I thought I, I I thought I saw it on uh, NIS America too, but maybe not. I'll have to check that separately. All right, cool. So, um, Ayanuma teases that we have a little bit to wait for um for a look at Zelda Breath of the Wild too. This is kind of disappointing. So, where does he say this regarding Breath of the Wild sequel? In order to make the vast world you enjoyed exploring in the same in the original game even more impressive. The team is working hard on development, so you'll have to wait a bit longer before we can provide more updates. Okay, T- take your time. Um, if it's, you know, you're you're, it's a sequel to like you had mentioned, one of the best games ever or whatever. The the best game ever. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's a sequel to that. I mean, that's a pretty like, that's pretty tough to like. Uh, I don't know, follow up. And and they're trying to make it even more impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it might be a while before we see that. Um, uh, will we, here's a question. Will we see anything of Metroid Prime 4 before we see more of Breath of the Wild 2? Like, will we see anything at all for Metroid Prime 4 before that? We that- already saw... Some stuff from Breath of the Wild too. So before Metroid Prime Four, but I mean they're kind of going off the same engine. You know what I mean? They got a little bit of a head start, whereas Metroid Prime Four is kind of rebuilding from the ground up. Yeah, Metroid franchise has now officially skipped two Nintendo home consoles. Is it three? No, no. no it has skipped the N sixty four. And it skipped the Wii U. Oh, I got, I get what you're saying. Okay. Did, yeah, it did skip the Wii U. Yeah. And that, that's a tragedy. Absolute tragedy. It's not as bad as F-Zero, but it is a tragedy. I am crying. Man, it was even on like... Jeez. Oh, Whatever. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's going to be a while, guys. It's going to be a while. And that's okay. I, I guess. I'll cry on the inside. All right, so we got some Nintendo news, uh, hardware news, research and development team looking at cutting edge tech and improvements to battery life. Uh, This actually goes into what we want to talk about a little bit later. Uh, So essentially, as technology changes, right, so um, does improvements to consoles. Uh, You see these with slight revisions. Nintendo's already got a slight revision, um, and this one looks like maybe uh, improvements to battery life. Well, if you look at the fr- the important part about the phrasing of this comment is that 
Nintendo switched. Uh, when did it occur? I think it occurred as a result of the of the GameCube, because Nintendo did do cutting edge tech on the GameCube. That was their last major cutting edge uh, sort of uh, go at things. The GameCube was actually a more more performant console than the PlayStation 2, and it was a more efficient console than the original Xbox. However, it it finished in uh, I don't know if it finished in third place. Or second place, but yeah. it was really close to the Xbox. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, because that began the lack of uh, third-party support. I think that's where GameCube. Oh, they, they actually got they got really good third-party support on the GameCube. Not the greatest, though. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I feel. I don't know. I feel like they they that's where it kind of started. Then it went into the Wii, and then really you you felt it in the Wii U. I think it was kind of a gradual thing. It, it was the N64 where they lost the third-party support. Right. GameCube, they got it back. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, and then they lost it again on the Wii because in, in it, it they lost it but then got it back because the Wii was so successful. Uh, but yeah, the, the Wii, from the Wii forward, Nintendo went on record to say, hey, we're going to build stuff cheaper for profit instead of building at a loss and selling consoles at a loss, that was a direct response to the failure of the GameCube. And the GameCube wasn't a major failure, but that was that was one of their key takeaways. And they decided from that point forward to go with conventional tech. What the keyword conventional meaning it's already parts that are, have already been widely produced right. and are widely available and therefore cheap. And right. therefore, results in it gets outdated. Uh, profitable, profitable consoles, right. which is why they made so much money on the Wii, right? Because it was such a profitable console. They did not sell that at a loss whatsoever. They sold it at profit when it first released, and they continued because they didn't change the architecture. It was another GameCube, so yeah. conventional, and they kept going with that sort of conventional attitude. Right? Look at the Switch. They're using the Tegra 1, right? A custom version of it, but it's still, but still the Tegra 1. And the Tegra 2 was already out. It was already a thing before the Switch was even out there. It was already a thing for like a, a year or two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that is Nintendo clearly sticking with conventional tech for the sake of uh, cheaper costs, a.k.a. profitability. Mm-hmm. But now with this quote here, this is a change in Nintendo's mindset. They right. want cutting edge. Right. And, and I'll read the tweet here. It is by David Gibson. Still think in the middle of the Switch life cycle. Uh, want to prolong the life cycle. But what is different is have... I'm reading as verbatim as he says here. But what is different is have Switch plus Lite and have one platform to focus all of the internal resources on and come up with the unique proposals. R&D investment previously used to look at conventional tech, like you were saying. Uh, That enabled a lower price and appeal to users, but now doing cutting-edge technology, look at how intuitive 
intuitive it is for users. Also, battery life is important given game given gameplay of five to six hours. So yeah, like you were saying, um, having that cutting edge technology um, will certainly help. And again, we'll kind of get into a little bit, uh, get into that a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, it is a change in philosophy. Which is and, and remember where that quote was taken from, right? That quote was during a meeting amongst Nintendo management. Right. Yeah, there's definitely some sort of uh, shift going on in, in the back, which is um, in the background, which is good. Very good. All right. So then we have this Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase announced for tomorrow. So that is the 17th. Today is the 16th. We have no idea what's going on. This was announced our time at, I don't know, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So it was announced very, very early. And the previous Partner Direct minis or whatever have been, I don't know, like, not very interesting at all. So I'm hoping for something of substance here. I want substance. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm hoping it's going to be at least better than the last uh, partner one. And that's a very low bar. (laughs) Yes, very, very low bar. Now, we are combining this with Rumorland. And the reason is because I want to kind of, I don't know, take a wild guesses as to what we might see. And there's, there's some indications that these Rumorlands things uh, may potentially be in here, okay? Why don't you list off the first Rumorland? Okay. And the first one is going to result, and this is also a prediction. So not only is it a rumor, it's also a prediction, because I'm basing off of this rumor, (laughs) uh, that what is going to be announced tomorrow is a Mass Effect trilogy remastered for the Switch. And the rumor is that there was a... Portuguese retailer that put up a listing for a Mass Effect trilogy game uh, for the Switch. Uh, that listing is now gone, right? Yeah, yeah, I tried to look for it. Yeah, so it's gone now. So, you know, then may- maybe it's very much legitimate. Who knows? All we have to do is wait 11 hours and we'll find out. Right. So we will certainly see, and that listing also has a release date of October 2020, so definitely this year. So, yeah. Who knows? Um, it may and, also and the release... listing, by the way, was uh, 50 euros? Oh, so that would be less for us, right? It, it would probably equate to 50 US dollars, but if I had to guess, because it's EA, I can easily see them bump it up to 10. All right. Well, either way, it's not, this isn't something that I would jump in because I've, I've played all of them. Uh, and I don't see, I don't know the replayability while I definitely enjoyed mass effect one, two, and three, I don't see myself having to replay them. Uh, but right. it, it's exciting for all the people that never got around to it. This is, Arguably the best RPG trilogy ever made. We did discuss that. We did. And I agree. Uh, Best one ever. And by the way, the 
the not only was it listed, the launch is October. Yeah, I I said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, October of this of this year. So yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's okay. That's okay. We all we all make mistakes. Okay. We got more rumors. We do. We do. All right. So this one's kind of. I don't. I can't verify the integrity of this rumor, but I will say it nonetheless. All right. So Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Um, he does a lot of YouTube videos and whatnot. He's got a decent following on on Twitter. Um, out of the blue, no no reason. He just tweeted Super Mario RPG. And then we have a user underneath him, or kind of replied. Uh, her name is Sharon, uh, at Sherito742. I don't know where she got this information. It doesn't matter. I'm treating this as a solid information. I received information about this, this game and how supposedly Square Enix is working on a sequel for the Switch. So this is of uh, Super Mario RPG. The info said that this was releasing on Switch Online by the time they are ready to announce the sequel project. So is this is Super Mario RPG not on Switch Online? Nope. It's okay, not. I'm confusing it because I have the uh, the the uh, the mini console there, uh, and it's, yep. it's on it's on there. So so maybe if they announce that and then a sequel to that, I think people would love that. Absolutely. You kidding me? Bring it. That's now, that is like the second best Mario RPG of all time. Now, also, again, could this be announced tomorrow? It could. It is a partner. Square Enix is a partner, right? Why not? Why not? So Super Hype Mario train. Hype train. Hype Eleven train. hours away. Choo choo. <laughs> we need something because otherwise it's probably gonna be nothing. <laughs> um uh, and then another one I threw on there. I don't know if you saw this. Um, Ubisoft director says he would bring Assassin's Creed Odyssey to the Nintendo Switch if he knew how to program. Well, Ubisoft director, you could potentially know people who know how to program, right? Tell them. Ask ask them to do it for you. All right, so, direct them. Yes. Uh, direct so the, them to do it. So this comes from, again from my Nintendo News. Uh, this was way back in August, okay, August twelfth. So the folks at Game Informer recently had an opportunity to chat with Ubisoft game director Scott Phillips about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. One of the questions that came up in the conversation was a potential Nintendo Switch version of the upcoming game, which arrives later this year. I think it's already out, right? It has, yeah, it definitely has. It's already out. This was August twelfth of twenty eighteen. I am going way back here. Oh wow. Yeah, I did not realize that this was that old. <laughs> uh, so, Game Informer, could this come to the Switch? Scott Phillips, the director. I don't know how to program, so otherwise, I would do it myself. All right, Scott Phillips. Let's go. Get to it. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that game was that article was that old. Anyway. Uh, go. But it's relevant because we have right. a direct coming tomorrow. Partners in Ubisoft... Partners with Nintendo, real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did Mario. Did they do Mario Plus Rabbits? Was that Ubisoft? I believe it was. It was. Okay. Um, and then this is this has nothing to do with the partner showcase, but um, Bloomberg. This is kind of what we've been leading up to and kind of talking about and saying there have been a lot of rumors about a Switch revision. 
or Switch 2.0, okay? Yeah, we... uh, upgraded <coughs> a new Switch, right? Right. So Nintendo telling developers to make their games 4K ready. So this is coming out of Bloomberg. Uh, so this is an... Uh, is this a Nintendo spokesman, maybe? So the introduction of a more affordable Switch Lite variant in late 2019 helped broaden the machine's potential audience, and Nintendo is making preparations for an upgraded Switch model and a beefed-up games lineup for 2021. Bloomberg News has reported. Uh, several outside game developers speaking anonymously as the issue is private said that Nintendo has asked them to make games 4k ready suggesting a resolution upgrade is on its way so that again was on bloomberg i'm reading but but i'm reading from my nintendo news so you had mentioned cyberpunk 2077 right yep and this is why i said it could be possible it could be and i really hope it coincides with the release you know something really close to that and and i would really love to see it i would love to see 4k support i think that's really one of the things that's kind of hindering the nintendo switch at this point is the 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 power um i mean i know for i know 4k gaming isn't the not everybody has 4k tvs i myself don't have a 4k tv but it's not gonna be 4k gaming that's that's okay i don't want 4k gaming i want 1080 gaming that's yes. all, that's what I want. And if I can get steady 1080 gaming, I'm okay with that. Yep. We've been dealing with far less than 1080, sometimes far less than 720, okay? We've had to deal with that. So, if I can get something that's potentially 4K, whatever, I don't think it'll be 4K gaming, like you had mentioned, but if I can get 1080, 30 frames per second, I'll be steady. I'll be fine with that. Oh, 1080 60 is very much achievable. What this is, is uh, 4K, and I mentioned this uh, prior, I, I think when we last tackled uh, these Bloomberg rumors that are very, very hot. Uh, the 4K would be for video apps, right? Yep. You load up YouTube, you load up uh, Hulu, whatever it is. That's all That's we where got. the 4K is almost certainly going to be guaranteed when you do this new switch upgrade the other bit is some games likely indie games or 2d games can certainly run in 4k resolution they can certainly pull it off sure it's just it's just the nature of the game it's gotta they're gonna have to pull back a lot of bells and whistles but it's very much doable it's not it's not like 4k is hard to do what what is happening on screen does matter and and you know whether you're showing 2d sprites or highly detailed uh, high poly count 3d models it's going to make a difference as to whether or not you can do 4k 60 or not right mm-hmm. that that will make a difference so it is possible to do 4k gaming on a switch which sounds weird but it is possible uh will games be able to actually pull it off in in a smooth way i doubt it but it is possible what's actual likely is a solid 1080 60 i think is very much possible for the switch once again even though you say solid 1080 60 
developers are always going to push the limits and they're always going to find ways like, oh, that's not enough stuff on screen. Let's throw more stuff on screen. What happens? Oh, our frame rate dipped. Uh, let's just make it steady 30 instead. And now we have, instead of, you know, 100 things on screen, we have 500 things on screen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Developers can always, can always push that, right? Or yeah. push it to a, to, to a degree, to its detriment almost. But I would be I would be certainly happy with solid 1080, um, because we're just not getting that now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you combine this with Nintendo's uh, previous statement about wanting to ad adopt a more uh, cutting edge tech. Yep. For their hardware, so and you combine so that is what's what Nintendo's telling internally to their other manage uh to their various internal management and then you combine that with these numerous bloomberg rumors of a more robust higher grade switch model a a you know that new label that new uh branding yep. that nintendo uses for like new super mario new 3ds this is going to be my guess new switch or switch XL, right? Just like how there was a 3DS XL, right? 3DS XL. I hope it's a little bit more so. Um, less. I don't know. I don't. I. I would appreciate a bigger screen in the XL edition. That's kind of really what was there. Uh, there was a uh, horsepower upgrade, but very minimal. I want more power. That's all I want. I want the thing that to. Burn my hands when I'm playing it. Well, if they give a bigger screen, they're also giving more space for the console. And with more space for the console, you increase the battery. You give more space for a bigger battery. You give more space for better airflow. And by having a bigger battery, bigger power source, bigger airflow, you're eliminating the two major reasons why you have to downclock the system. Well, and I now you can use faster... Uh, CPU, faster GPU, and with more space, you can include more memory sure. as well. Now, the way the Nintendo is, would you think that they'd want some sort of backwards compatibility? Maybe keep the same form factor and just having it be able to fit into the dock, that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, you can make the screen edge-to-edge. -edge. Right now, there's a bit of a border. That's kind of what I meant by that. Uh, it, if so they can actually, the way that they shape the dock, they can make the screen, as long as they don't change the thickness, mm -hmm. they can make it bigger, right. and it'll still fit in the dock. It would just, it would have wings on the dock right. that would stick out. It would have the ears of the, the Joy-Cons. Instead of just that sticking out, it would be part of the bezel yeah. element, depending on how big they want the screen to be. That yeah. will also stick out a bit, too. Might look a little funny. I think it'd be fine. And who knows? They'll probably also uh, provide a uh, bigger dock for that. Of course. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of, a lot of stuff upcoming. It's just this year, man. I, I think it really delayed some stuff, the way things fell, fell apart. All right. Yep. That's going to do it for the news. We have some upcoming RPGs. One that we didn't get to talk about um, because we missed an episode is called other side we've mentioned this quite a number of times 
Um, but other side, it's got a really cool um, aesthetic, I think. I love the way this looks. Uh, it is a tactical RPG. Let me look at the description here. This came out September 10th. It is 40 US dollars. Uh, so, Descend into Humanity's Last Hope, the daughters echo echoes of the greatest warrior to ever live are all who stand before suffering and death. Uh, so, you will fight, you will fail, you will rise again, lead, evolve, and sacrifice your army, outsmart nightmarish creatures in spectacular tactical RPG uh, fashion. Uh, so, I, th I don't know. I love the look of this game. Yep, visually very appealing. Um, black, I, white, red. Can't go wrong. I, I said that before, too. Yep, black, white, and red. Um, I like the character design. I love the environmental design. Uh, the UI is very simple. I might have to, might have to look into this one. So this is uh, published by Focus Home Interactive. Okay. It's got a, uh, if you look at one of the screenshots, it shows a timeline on the very bottom. Yep. And there's icons, and that, that timeline indicates who's going. That's turn order. Yep. And the numbers indicate uh, so the lower your number, the closer you are to having your term activated. And based on my guess is based on based on what you do for actions that will accumulate and sort of set you back a certain a budget of time in order to wait to act again. Yeah. Uh, that's my guess. That is, the, that is the system that's in games like Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Ogre. Uh, it's a very tried and true, excellent tactical RPG system. And I'm glad that this game is using it. Let's hope that this game turns out great in all other aspects too. Well, it is already out. I, want, I don't know what the reviews on it are. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yep. It's out, it was out September 10. Oh, so it just kind of came out. Yeah, it looks like IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. Ooh, it's on Steam. Oh, yeah, look at this. Uh, Gaming Cypher, 9 out of 10. Uh, ooh, I'm trying to look at the accolades. Uh, accolades, uh, Screen Rant, 9 out of 10. Hardcore Gamer, 8 out of 10. Let's uh, move in. Uh, what do we have here? Serious Gaming, 8 out of 10. Where's... Are there anything lower than an 8? Nothing lower than Tate. Starburst Magazine, 10 out of 10. Indie Game Website, 9 out of 10. Gaming Trend, 9 out of 10. Push Square, 8 out of 10. These are excellent scores. Uh, review score, or user scores on Steam is 80, low 80s. So we're talking 81 and 80% okay. on users. And on Metacritic, 78, which is actually pretty good. It's actually okay. real good. That's that's definitely a, a a really good score. So now it's probably scoring low for certain reasons. My hmm. guess is probably it might be content like a, a quick game. If I had to if I had to quickly guess. Okay. Um right now it's actually on sale uh at thirty one ninety nine US dollars. So it might be kind of like a pre twenty percent mm -hmm. off type of deal. All right. That cool. is that is a uh, cheaper than on Steam. On Steam, it's thirty-five. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, cool. Uh, September seventeenth, we have Vampires Fall Origins. This looks like a. Uh, what is this? 
anyway, uh, I will get into that in a second. Uh, Vampire's Fall Origins is a 2D open world RPG with tactical combat. Create your character, choose your bloodlines, and venture out into the world. Uh, so features are open world, fully customizable characters, tactical combat, immersive stories, dialogue choices, skills and abilities to shape your character. Choose your bloodline, which is Nosferatu, uh, Renjene, Mastrov, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Magistrov, and Equities. I'm guessing those are maybe famous vampires. I don't know. Uh, I know Nosferatu is uh, is one. Uh, and then over 250 graphically unique weapons and armor. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look at the combat, and I'm not really seeing anything like that screams tactical RPG, uh, to be uh, honest with you. So you move around the world, isometric. It's in real time. The combat is sort of like a side scroll um i guess you enter into like a traditional turn-based side scroll type of combat yeah i'm with you i don't what I don't see, uh, yeah i'm gonna have to look up some video because i'm i'm only it's, looking at it's on steam yep steam so user reviews 83 for long term short term 72 percent on users uh, and there's nothing on Metacritic, or at least it's not showing up on Metacritic. Okay, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's it's terrible. Um, it is, I did notice that it's on uh, mobile, uh, so it's on Apple and Android. Again, I just need to see some of this battle. Oh, it does go side-scroll, huh? Or side-profile view for, for that. Yeah. That is different. I don't know if I like it too much, but okay. Uh, it, you know, it's. How does that make it? It looks like Diablo, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't play like Diablo. No, no, certainly not. Now, how does that make it tactical, though? I have no clue. I think they stuck in the tactical word in there because it just looks like a turn-based combat system. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um. Well, how much was that one? Did I say that? That one doesn't have a price on it. On Steam, it is $13, $13 on Steam. And then how about Nintendo? I have no clue. <laughs> All right. It'd be right around that, probably like 15 or 10 somewhere right around that. All right, come on, show me the number. $12.99. There you go, $13. $12.99 US dollars. All right, next we have... Um, how do you say this? Neve? Neve? It's spelled N-E-V-A-E-H. Nevein. I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Anyway, a uh, girl's journey to bring back the light. Darkness looms over a bright and peaceful town as streetlights begin to go out one by one. To bring back the light, a girl heads out to the tower which the light came. Hidden in the tower was a glowing butterfly. Thinking its light could light up the town, the girl takes the butterfly with her. But what she found was the town entirely covered in darkness. The girl heads to the tower once again to find a way to save the town. And that that's that's pretty much it. It looks like a um a side scrolling platformer, but in a very unique fashion. It is done in most I want to say mostly black and white. Yeah, mostly. Um and the main character is flat, almost like Paper Mario. Um, yep. 
And I, again, I'm looking at screenshots, it's always tough to tell in these screenshots. I gotta make sure I look up some of these videos. This is not an RPG. It's not an RPG. Well, on Steam, it says Adventure Indie Action 2D Platformer Puzzle. Okay, well, it looks like they added the term RPG for, um, for Nintendo. Hmm. Uh, there's there's got to be something, right, in there that would make it that. Oh, well, you know me. I think adventure is kind of something that fall that most games fall under that category. So yeah, and RPGs are inherently adventures. So. Right, it doesn't mean adventure games are RPGs, but there's got to be some RPG mechanics. Maybe there's some sort of leveling up system, something in the menus we're not, I'm not able to see. I really would like to see some combat. Usually that's a telltale. Um, I'm looking at video. I mean, you can see videos of it on Steam. Okay, If yeah. you want to get a good understanding, but it looks like, uh, kind of like, I, uh, the combat is boss battle. That's oh. what it looks like to me. Okay. And it's like platforming. You're not you're not slashing at stuff. That's not happening. You're like pulling levers and avoiding attacks via platforming and dodging yeah. and stuff like that. It very much sounds like a puzzle platformer, but yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, in the eShop, it was labeled as an RPG. Uh, so twelve ninety nine, guys. September seventh. Uh, next we have. Endurance Space Station. Man, these these games. I feel like we're getting deep into the weeds with some of these. It's a terrible name for a game. Yeah, and even the... It's even not, like, capitalized correctly. Like, I, I don't know. Man, what are you guys doing out there? <laughs> anyway, um, Endurance Space Station. I don't get it. Uh, searching for new games with engaging story, immersive battles in dungeon crawler setting, or a roguelike game with RPG elements? If so, then Endurance is the best choice. Guys, okay, developers, please get someone else to write your descriptions. Okay? This is, this is not doing you guys any justice. Anyway, Endurance is a prequel of Ailment. Another top-down sci-fi action shooting game with the storytelling setting. Let's just get into what it looks like. Um, it's a twin-stick shooter. And, all right, so it's a twin-stick shooter with... Uh, it's got to have some RPG elements in there, right? Please tell me. Uh, it's a roguelike twin-stick shooter. It's, it's a lot like uh, Binding of Isaac in games like that. Uh, you can gain experience, so I'm guessing there's, uh, by, it looked like, uh, in the video, it looked like you're gaining experience when you kill stuff, and when you loot, um, when you're, like, opening up draws and stuff like that, you gain a little bit of experience. Yeah. And I'm guessing that will result in, let's see, you got weapon selection stuff, so maybe you can use that experience to, like, upgrade your weapons, or maybe there's, like, skills, but it's, it's literally just a twin-stick shooter, it's... This is, you know, uh, this goes, this is such an old tried and true thing. It's not bad. It's just, it's not nothing new. It's been done uh, back in the Super Nintendo with, um, 
Smash TV. Right. Super Smash TV. Yeah, and I'm watching video. I mean, the game doesn't it doesn't look bad. Okay, it looks actually runs really well. Yep. Um, it's it's just everything else I have a problem with. Like like you had mentioned, the name is just it's just not that good. Um, it's not spelled not. It's not that it's not spelled properly. It's just I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. The description is just not good, and and that just sets a precedent. You know, people, I guess like me, look at that stuff. Whatever. Anyway, uh, endurance September seventeenth. Priced at seven ninety nine. Um, it is developed and published by Ivan Penasenko, so it looks like it's an indie, very indie, and and a solo solo developer. Uh, so that is actually pretty cool. Seven ninety nine, and that's going to be it. That's going to wrap it up. Cool. All right. Yeah, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Don't forget to visit switchrpg.com, and thank you so much for listening. Um, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts on the platforms. So your support there would be amazing. And finally, you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, see you later.